Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So, Eric Bill said, you want to know how my day starts off? And it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's not a big problem. You know, but it's one of these kind of like little things that just kind of has you shaking your head. You ran out of coffee. No, 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 not that at all. Okay, so here, here, here's the deal. I, I it's time to just get I, I get blood work done regularly. You okay, know, this sure. is part of like a physical stuff. No big deal. So I, I make an appointment. So last week I called to make an appointment for eight o'clock this morning, just for the lab. So you can go in. So in the year of COVID, you know, you don't have, they don't mm-hmm. want people waiting. So okay, so I call ahead, and this is the the clinic where my my doctor is, and all. Don't need to see the doctor. Or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I make an appointment at 8 o'clock. And I say to the person, I said, and I'm interested in getting a flu shot. And as long as I'm over there, can I get the flu shot? And they say, first she says, well, you know, sometimes we're a little backed up. You, you might be better off going to like a pharmacy. And I'm thinking, okay, the, the clinic that I go to is directing me to a pharmacy. All right. But, but I said, well, but, but <laughs> I, I, th- that's number one. I'm like, huh, okay. But I, I said, but well, you know, I'm, I'm over there. And, and so the woman says, well, that, that's fine. She said, you know, sometimes there's, there's a backlog or there's a wait or something. But yeah, just when you come there, you know, see if they could accommodate you. Okay, fine. So eight o'clock this morning and I'm trying to be responsible. So eight o'clock this morning I go and I get the blood drawn and I, I, I check in and they've got my little appointment. And so then I, I go and I'm talking to the medical techno- technologist who's drawing my blood. And I said, I'm also interested in the flu shot. She said, yeah, well, just, you know, it, the nurses do that. So, you know, once we're done here, just, just go around and see the person you checked in with and, you know, they'll, they'll see if they can accommodate you. Okay, great. So we finish that. So I go there and I, I go back to the desk and I say, I'm trying to get a flu shot. And the woman says, we don't do walk-ins. And I said, well, I said, I, I, I remember me, I, I just came, it's really not a walk-in, I just came for the appointment, you know, to have the blood drawn, mm, yeah. and she said, well, n- we don't do walk-ins. I said, we, I, and she was very terse with me, I said, we don't do walk-ins. And I then start to, my doctor, you know, the thing, I start to tell the story, but they just told me to come here, we don't do walk-ins, <laughs> I can get you in tomorrow if you want to come back. At which point I'm thinking... You know, if this is your attitude, I am going across the way to Walgreens <laughs> right. or CVS or, or whatever. I'm like, okay, it, it not, oh, well, you know, sometimes they're back. And, and by the way, it's 8.15 in the morning. There's nobody in this place. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's empty. It's not like there's this law. Lo- right. you, you know, it's not like they're attending to all these people. I'm the mm-hmm. only, well, there's like two other people that are there. And it's not like, here, let me. Okay, I, I see that you're a patient of Doctor So and So. Let me call up and see if his nurse is there, and see if we. Yeah, since you're yeah. here, let me see if we can get you the blank and flu shot. It's, we don't do walk-ins, you know. And so, okay, all right, just kind of cross that off the customer service list. So <laughs> that's kind of how the day is started. And again, it's a little thing. I'll get the flu shot and stuff, and I, I understand. I guess technically, I was a walk-in. I was going to start to explain. Well. Why didn't they tell me that? Because if, if they had told me you needed an appointment instead of encouraging me to go to the pharmacy to get it, if they had told me I needed an appointment, I would have said, okay, well, how about you give me yeah. an appointment for 8.15? Yeah. Exactly, because yeah. I'll, I'll do this. And, but, and it's just kind of been, it's kind of been little stuff ever, ever since yeah. then. You know, just not, one of those days. Nothing big. You know, not, nothing big, just kind of like little things. Uh, you know, just kind of like, it's like life. 
look, we're, we're in a pandemic world. Life is supposed to be easy. You know, mm-hmm. just work with me here. You know, I'm I'm here. I've got health insurance. I can pay for it. I mean, just can give we, me the shot. Can we just call up and, and do that instead? Oh, go go across the way to Walgreens. OK, well, yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And it's kind of been like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, I've never gone to a Walgreens or a CVS for my flu shot before. I I know that you can do that. I just, oh, I've never had that. Well, you know, it's, um, I, I, and I think they do a pretty big business. I, there, there is a Walgreens, right? <laughs> Literally, there is a Walgreens right next door <laughs> to the, the place that I go to my doctor's sure. office. And so the other day I was there picking up, uh, just picking up a prescription and there were like two or three people sitting there waiting. They were, right? They, they said there was a, you know, I, I heard somebody came in, I want a flu shot. They said, great, here, just fill this stuff out and we'll be with you. It was about a 10-minute wait or something. But no, I think, uh, matter of fact, there's a story about how, um, you know, the the big chain stores, the Walgreens and the CVSs mm-hmm, and stuff, mm-hmm. they've taken a real hit with, with COVID because the, the prescription stuff has been stable. But a lot of people were deferring, like, medical treatment oh, and stuff. Right, so, right. you know, prescri- new prescriptions are down and things yeah. like that. But they're thinking one of the things that might make the real difference this year is more and more people getting flu shots and things like that. So, okay. um, and it's nice to know that you got health care providers that are sending people to the <laughs> – it was, it was just, it's just this bizarre conversation. Yeah, I call my doctor, and they tell me to go next door to the, <laughs> to the pharmacy to, to get the flu shot. Yeah. Okay, that's how we start off the program today. Let me explain a a story that is out there that I I think people, if if you don't know the law, it it might be a little bit curious. The, The city of Milwaukee had previously announced that they were going to designate as early voting spots Miller Park and Fiserv Forum. And that generated a letter from the Republican Party last week saying, hey, if you're going to do this, we, we don't want you to have the mascots there and things like that. Matter of fact, I, I did a brief segment on it. I, I thought you know, this to me wasn't going to be the hill to, to die on. I mean, who cares if Bango is there? Or who cares if, you know, the racing sausages are there? I, I didn't think that made any sense. But there is a legal issue to this. And today... The city of Milwaukee announced that they were going to just that they killed their plans to use Miller Park and Fiserv Forum as as early voting spots, not not polling places on Election Day, but the early voting spots. And the the reason is they are afraid of litigation. And and the reality is that they should be afraid of litigation. See, here's the deal. State law, once again, and I, I understand we have you have judges out there who just don't pay attention to the law, the the clear language of the law. But, you know, when you ignore the clear language of the law, what happens is that leaves you open to getting sued by somebody. Now, right now, there are no lawsuits out there challenging the use of either Pfizer Forum or Miller Park as an early voting site. But the law is very clear that if a municipality is going to designate a, a location for early voting they have to other than like other than like the courthouse or the the office the clerk's office if you're going to like say okay we want to use miller park or we want to use Pfizer forum the law is very clear that it has to be designated within 14 days of the days that uh of the 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 time that the absentee ballots are available for the primary so in other words you you can't 
you, you can't do this stuff at the last minute. Again, the law is very clear. So if if the city of Milwaukee, under the law, had wanted to use Miller Park and or Pfizer Forum as a, an early voting location, um, what they would have had to have done is they would have had to have designated them as such, I, I think, back in June. So the, the timing... And, and again, the law is crystal clear on this. So nobody's nobody's a bad guy here. I, I understand, you know, what the city of Milwaukee was trying to do. It's a pandemic, and we want to make it easier for for people to vote. And so here's here's what we'll do. You know, if you live in these areas, we'll, we'll open that up. Okay, that that's all well and good. But the law is very clear that if you were going to do that, you have had to have done it several months ago. Now, there's not a lawsuit that's out there. But I think the the city of Milwaukee took a look at this and said, huh, if we go ahead and do this, we are inviting a lawsuit because, again, it's it's who knows what a judge is going to do. But regardless of your intent, it's pretty clear from the language of the law that they did not do it in a timely fashion. They would have needed to do it several months earlier. And even though there's not a lawsuit now, the city is rightly concerned that, hey, if we start collecting votes here, somebody might file this lawsuit and say, hey, you're not allowed to designate Miller Park or Pfizer Forum as a polling place. It's in violation of, of the law. Therefore, those votes that are filed there, they don't count or, or whatever. Now, who, who knows? But again, you, you kind of go down the, the rabbit hole into Alice in Wonderland trying to figure out what judges are going to do with votes. So the city of Milwaukee has wisely, in my opinion, decided we're, we're just we, we didn't have any bad intent here, but we're looking at what the law says. We're looking at what our timing was. And we recognize that our, our timing wasn't in compliance with the law. No bad guys here, no fault to be found. But under all the circumstances, the city of Milwaukee is just saying, we, we don't want to take this chance of just designating these spots and then getting sued and then having to spend all this money and then maybe losing. And then maybe people's ballots are tossed out or at the very least we've got a mess. So you know what? We're, we're not using those spots. And I think... In an exercise of caution, that's probably the right decision. I'm not going to criticize the election commission for not making these designations earlier. They probably just weren't thinking about it. And, and, and I, I understand how this all goes. No bad guys here. But when you hear the story, gee, why, why did they now cancel Miller Park or Pfizer Forum? It, it's just because of. I guess maybe a technicality, if you want to use that phrase. But it's a valid technicality. They didn't want to get sued. This was the responsible thing. When we come back, is a county executive in our listening area being responsible? I will explain and we will discuss. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Crew producing the show today and always. Number of listeners weighing in. You know what they're telling me? You know what the input is? We were talking about flu shots and my, my trouble getting one this morning from my doctor's clinic. Um, they say, go to Target. Apparently, if you go to Target, not only will they give you a flu shot, but they will give you a $5 coupon. At least that's what people are saying. So they're, you're actually, you get, I'm not sure how far $5 goes to Target, but regardless, you're, you're getting, you get your flu shot and you get a coupon. Now, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but three separate people are suggesting that. Okay, put that on the list. And by the way, 
I, I understand that flu shots are controversial and things like that, and, and we've talked about this before, but I, I, I swear by them for whatever it's, for whatever it's worth. Um, I got a flu shot last year and I did get the flu last February, but I, I, I'm firmly convinced that it would have been a lot worse had I not gotten the flu. And, and if, obviously, if you're medically compromised or something like that, and you talk to your doctor and he says, don't get it. But for most of us, I just see no reason not to. And if it helps keep you well so you don't have to go into a clinic or don't have to go to a doctor's office or don't have to be seen in an emergency room over the course of the next few months while we're trying to get through this pandemic, all the better. Okay, which brings me to the story I want to discuss with you. The Washington County Executive, his name is Josh Shulman. Um, Washington County is, of course, one of our collar counties here. Washington County is experiencing, you know, a, a very high outbreak of of COVID lately. Um, so there, you know, there's issue. Ozaki County, you know, neighboring Ozaki County, it's high. Waukesha County, I think they're they're classifying it as high as well. All right, this story is not about whether or not people should wear masks. It's about what do we do when people aren't wearing masks. We all know that Tony Evers has put a statewide mask mandate in place. It says that when you are inside, you should wear a mask. It also lists, you know, other things that you should and and should not do. Some people comply. Some people choose not to comply. That's just the, the reality of this. And for me, when, when I go inside places, I, I put on the mask. I, I, I do. I guess I figure, I don't, number one, I don't want to get sick. Number two, it, it can't hurt. So I, I, I put on the mask, okay? Um, if you are like me, though, you've probably get, gone into places and you've seen that, well, not everybody follows the rules. So here is the story. The Washington County executive comes out, and this is this is what he says on on his county website. He says, look. Wearing a mask is a responsible thing to do. But he goes on then on one of his private pages to say, Washington County, let's prove we don't need any more top-down, heavy-handed government orders. Stay home if you're sick or if you come into contact with someone who's COVID-19 positive, follow guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control. Goes on to say, though, Um, Wearing a mask is a responsible thing to do, but complainers should stop wasting the time of the Washington Ozaki Public Health Department with reports about people violating the state's mask mandate. He says, look, the health department will not be investigating reported mask mandate violations. The department does not have the time or the resources to follow up on these complaints. Complainers have inundated the health department with calls and emails. The health department's job is to assist the public to get tested and to assist businesses and organizations in mitigating outbreaks or hotspots. Please stop complaining to them and wasting their time so that they can do their important work of contact tracing, test monitoring, and helping businesses and schools to stay open. Um, The uh, county executive also asked people to avoid pointless calls or emails about mask violations to the DA's office because they, quote, have real criminal cases to prosecute. Um, He says wearing a mask is a polite and responsible thing to do. 
but we, we don't have the resources to respond to complaints about them. Okay, I let's open up the phone lines. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The county executive is saying, look, we're, we, wearing a mask, you should wear a mask. You should follow these different orders. But when you see people who aren't wearing masks, don't call the health department and complain. Don't call the DA's office and complain. Don't call the sheriff's office and complain because, frankly, we do not have the resources to get involved in dealing with this. All right, is that an irresponsible position? 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss next. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. See, to me, that this has been the problem with the, the Evers mask mandate or the Barrett mask mandate. It, it, it's not that it's ill-conceived or not well-intentioned, but it, it, as a practical matter, it's not enforceable. And, I mean, this is what the Washington County Executive is saying. He's saying, look, I, people should wear masks. Okay, you, you should be smart. This is what you should do. But when you see people not doing it, making hundreds of calls to the health department or the DA's office or the county sheriff, that... All you're doing is tying up the lines. We don't have the resources to go out and to investigate and to deal with every time you see somebody who's walking into a quick trip or a fleet farm without a mask. 855-616-1620. I understand what what he is saying, and and candidly, I, I don't fault him for that. He's just saying the reality. If we... If we want to have vigorous law enforcement, fine, but then let's let's figure out how we're going to do it and how we're going to pay for it. Let's start with Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're first. Hey, Jeff. I think it's incredibly irresponsible, and it's, it's almost like he's giving uh, permission for these businesses to not enforce mask rules. And if he's going to do that, he needs to come up with an alternative. Well, what's he you supposed know, to say? As, what, what's he supposed to say? So well, you get the health department gets fifty phone calls in a day saying, "I was I was at the you know fill in the blank. I was at this store. I was at that store. I didn't see people wearing masks. What are the health? What's the health department supposed to do?" He just he he could say that that he'll get to them when they can. Um, but but um, he shouldn't say that he's not going to follow, just intent, uh, not follow up on him though. But, but when you say you're well, when you say you're you're going to get to him when they can, if the priority of the health department and, and I mean, look, I, I'm not anti-mask here, but if the priority of the health department is to let let's try to let let's try to do contact tracing and let's try to you know identify the people who have COVID so we can get them out. We want to encourage people to wear masks, but if as a practical matter th- there's eight people and they don't have the resources to drive around and go try to check out. Hey, at eight thirty a.m. on Tuesday, I saw somebody here without a mask. Why, why tell them you're going to get to it when, as a practical matter, you're not going to be able to get to them? Well, he could also um, refer him to somebody else, or pass. I don't know, set up a hotline or something like that. But he's just got a defeatist attitude, and well, and I I think it's wrong for him to do that. Okay, thanks for call eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. I, 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 and I understand what, what Jeff is saying. He's saying, okay, this is kind of a, a defeatist attitude, but, but let's talk about in, in the real world. You, you have lots of people, and maybe they're being irresponsible, maybe they're being dumb, whatever. They're not wearing masks. All right. 
the county executive is saying, calling the health department to complain about this or calling the DA's office or calling the county sheriffs is, is a waste of time and resources because we don't have the resources to go send out. It's not like, hey, there's a burglary in progress. We're going to send out a, a car to try to stop this. We, we don't have the resources to do it. So is it irresponsible to tell people, you know, calling the health department, all you're doing is, is wasting time? 855-616-1620. And, and if it's not, what should the health department do if we know that they don't have the resources to go out and enforce this? Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I was talking to an area police chief this morning about a wide variety of topics. And, and, and one of the things the chief told me is that um, between... The, the increase in crime and between the the various protests that have been breaking out in communities, he, he said, the, as it is now, police overtime budgets throughout the area are, are just through the roof, just absolutely through the roof. Um, you know, the, the police, and I'm talking about sheriff's departments and police departments, they don't have the resources right now to deal with the out-of-control crime and try to keep the streets safe. And, and I guess the Washington County Executive is saying, look, don't call the sheriff's department with complaints about, you know, so-and-so was in, you know, Gru's auto dealership the other day and didn't have a mask on. They don't have the resources to enforce the mandate. And that's always been my beef with putting in laws that you don't have the ability or any intention of enforcing. I'm not saying people shouldn't wear masks, and the county executive isn't saying that. Peach is saying, stop calling the county sheriff's department. Stop calling the health department and complaining about this because they're they're dealing with all sorts of other stuff. Let's talk to um, Jim in Milwaukee. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, hi. Hi. Uh, I work in Illinois. And uh, we should do what Illinois does. They have a mandate where the businesses are responsible for uh, not serving people that don't have a mask on in an enclosed environment, enclosed mm-hmm. office, or, or enclosed building like a convenience store, gas station, or grocery store. What happens is that's complaint-driven to the health department. Health department will send an agent out. I have a friend that works in a suburb. That's why I know this. Sure. Send the agent out to see if what's going on is true, if the complaint is accurate. If it is, they go up to the owner of the business and they issue a written warning mm-hmm. first time. Second time, they get a $250 fine. Third time, it's a $500 fine. Fourth time, it's $2,500 fine. And if it's the fifth time, they pull the license. So uh, it, it works. He says uh, uh, it's complaint-driven, and it's easier. You're not going to chase individuals around that don't have a mask. So it's, uh, they put on the businesses that uh, they have to not serve the people without a mask. They tell them, please go get a mask. Or some businesses have masks at the door, yeah. the cheap ones, but they can't serve them. Right. Well, and and I think now, now thanks for calling, Jim. Now, see, I I think that candidly, I I mean, I I think that makes more sense um, to to try to encourage the businesses to do this. I mean, I I think it's uh, again, it's I agree with you. I mean, there's just no way that somebody calls up and says, I I was at uh, I was at that delicate. I was at that gas station and I went inside to buy a pack of cigarettes and I had my mask on and there was somebody else there who didn't have the mask on and he was being served or she was being served. And to try to track down that individual is not going to work. It's a little bit more practical, I think, to go after the businesses. Of course, the problem is you've got, again, a very limited health department. 
So the question becomes, how do you prioritize these things? Um, what, you know, and what happens? You know, you go out at noon or on a Tuesday after you've gotten a complaint in at Monday, and when you walk in, there's nobody in the store, or the people, the two people that are in the store, you know, have have the masks on. I'm not saying that you do no enforcement, but maybe you'd be better. But again, what the county executive is talking about is the, these constant calls, hundreds of calls, you know, reporting individuals and stuff, and, and they just don't have they don't have the resources to do that. They're trying to prioritize things and candidly while we should all wear masks i think the priority for the health departments have to be all right let's let's fight let's do contact tracing let's try to find the super spreaders let's try to do those uh let's try to identify that i i do acknowledge that you know going after or at least trying to remind the businesses that they should be enforcing the mask mandate that has a better chance of succeeding than hey i, I just saw all these people and they they should have been wearing a mask they were walking down the streets of the city of Milwaukee. They're supposed to be having a mask on because they were within six feet of each other, but they didn't. I mean, the Milwaukee Police Department, my goodness, you know, you're, you know, if your car gets stolen, you know, you can expect uh, to wait a day or two in many cases before you get a cop. Let's talk to Bob in Manitowoc. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Bob. I finally get to talk to you. <laughs> Good. Um, my my view on this is that for for the longest time I can remember, I'm 77 years old, and signs in stores have always posted saying, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Right. I see signs in the, on the door of a store, it'll say mask required. Couldn't they put a sign there that says no mask, no service? Well, sure. I, and, right. And well, there's no question, like the, the store owner could could refuse to i mean we can play this out the store owner could say um bob you're not wearing your mask you need to put your mask on and most people would probably comply with that if you said i'm not putting my mask on you could say i'm not serving you you got to leave and then of course you see where it goes from there you leave and or if you don't leave then they call the police and then you got a disorderly conduct thing so i i mean there yeah there there's stuff that you you could do and that the business owners should certainly be encouraged to do I, I guess the problem is is it reasonable to expect that the cops or the health department to be around every time somebody sees somebody in a store not wearing a mask no i don't think that's even yeah a possibility yeah no, i think i guess that that's that's my that that's my only point he said you know that that I, and I get it. Look, I I understand, and, and believe me, I, I've been I've been on the point of this mask debate for for months now, and and I understand that there are some people who just think that if you don't wear masks, you're being irresponsible and putting everybody else at risk, and there's other people who just think that the government shouldn't tell you to wear masks, and there's some people who think that masks don't make any difference. Well, the rule is to wear a mask, and I, I guess I again I lump it in the category of. Even if you don't necessarily think it it helps, it certainly doesn't hurt, and it is the rule. But this is a problem enforcing a rule where, or trying to enforce a rule where you just don't have the resources to do it. I mean that that's just kind of the reality, and that's sort of what the county executive is saying. I want people to wear masks. 
You should wear masks. But when you see somebody not wearing a mask, don't call the DA's office. I mean, there, there's, those lawyers are in court going after, you know, people who are breaking into houses or reckless driving or people who are committing murders or whatever. That's what they're doing. They, they don't have the time to get involved. The county sheriffs don't have the time to get involved. The health department, there's seven or eight inspectors. And, yes, maybe they can do a series of spot inspections, and and, and maybe they, they should. But if you think they're going to be responding to 200 calls coming in over three-day period, they just flat don't have the resources to do it. Might not be the answer that some people like, but it is It is the reality. Let's talk to Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're in WTMJ. Hi there. Hi, Mike. Um, to, say they don't, to say they don't have the resources, I can understand that to a point. However, it's the same sheriff's department that says they will investigate yard sign theft. So if they have the resources to do that. Um, you mean, well, you where are the priorities? I, think so, I mean, again, I don't. I don't. I don't see too many people being prosecuted for yard signs theft. Now, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what the policy is in in Waukesha County, in uh, Washington County, with regard to that. I I don't hear too many. Normally, it's kind of like, okay, somebody stole your sign. Sorry, unless there's like a vandalism that gets attached to it. I, I don't typically think that you see much action on that. But again, going back to the basic premise, you're there. There, there aren't enough cops. There certainly aren't enough health officers. Health officers aren't aren't law enforcement officers in the sense that, yeah, you can come in and you can write up a restaurant for having like health code violations and things like that. That that's all well and good. But but their job isn't to go out and to try to track down, gee, I saw these three seventeen year olds driving a red Chevy Impala, um and, and they were in, you know, Joe's grocery store and they didn't have a mask on. Now, I, again, we, we want to encourage voluntary compliance. The Bottom line, though, is that that's what we have to be all about. And I do think it's fair to say to businesses, look, the, these are the rules, and and we want you to enforce the rules. That puts the businesses in a tough spot, though, admittedly, because they're in the point they're the ones that are going to have to, you know, get into it with potential customers and things like that. But I do think it's fair to say to the businesses, look, this is this is what you got to do. We've got these rules on restaurants. This is what you have to do to reopen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. None of us like this. All of us want to get past this and, and so that's why you know the rules say wear a mask people should wear a mask you know when you follow the rules that's what the law is right now or at least it's what the requirements are go go do that but at the same time i get what this the county executive is saying you keep calling the, the cops it's all you're doing is tying up the lines because they're not going to be able to dispatch people over to the local piggly wiggly because somebody saw two people walking down the aisle without a mask this is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. There's a couple texts. Jeff, as a business owner for 50-some years, it's tough enough to survive today, much less turning people in for not wearing a mask. I can't afford to have a mask officer in my business. And, and that's, and I understand there's some people who aren't going to like what, what he's saying, but that that's kind of the reality of this, the idea that <clears throat> if we put the responsibility on the business owner, and we say, okay, you're the one that, that has to confront this, and the customer comes into your store, and, and they don't have the mask on. Uh, that That's 
that's a lot. That's a burden to ask of a business owner to be the one that in today's day and age says, if you don't put on a mask, I'm, I'm going to call the police. Well, OK, the police aren't going to be able to come. The police, you know, if, if the guy pulls out a gun and robs you, you know, maybe the police are going to be able to show up, <clears throat> but they're they're not going to be able to come because you you make the call and say the person's not wearing the, the mask. That's just kind of the reality of this. Now, I'm not saying business owners should be irresponsible and, and ignore it. And that's why most of the businesses that I go into nowadays. They have that sign on saying you're supposed to wear the mask. And in my experience is, at least in the places I go, the vast majority of people are, in fact, you know, wearing wearing the masks. But if there's not somebody there calling the local health department and saying, hey, I was in such and such a place at 830 this morning. There wasn't somebody with a mask. That's what do you expect them to do? And, and that's again, it's the problem with the mask mandate. Um, when when you don't have resources to enforcement, uh, enforce this. Now, okay, I have somebody saying, Jeff, according to your logic, since we don't have the resources to stop drivers that speed, let's not enforce the law. No, 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 that's, that's, not, that's not a good analogy at all. First of all, we do enforce the speeding law. We, we don't pull everybody over. Because, you know, we, we don't we don't have cops at every intersection, so we don't see everybody going that goes through a stop sign. But if you go through a stop sign in front of a police officer, the police officer will pull you over at the same time. Uh, you know, it, yes, it, it's true that if you call up and say, hey, I'm driving down Wilson Drive and the speed limit is 30 and there's a car going 32, you know, send 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 the Shorewood Police Department out. Well, if you make that call, you, you're probably not going to get a response because there's a priority that are there. It may be, I guess, if you find out or you come to believe that you've got a particular the health department says we're, we're we're doing our contact tracing, and we're we're finding that we think a lot of people who've come down with COVID, we think a lot of them are going and they're they're going to one particular store or they're hanging out at one particular you know place. And then you go out, you might want to send an investigator out there to look at that. And then if you find that nobody's following the mask rules, well, okay, then then you get involved and you give them the warnings or you give them the fine or or whatever if you see that. All the county executive, at least in my opinion, is saying is, you know, we, we can't have hundreds or thousands of people calling the DA's office or calling the health department or calling the sheriff's department and saying, well, so-and-so wasn't wearing a mask. All, all that does is tie up the lines. They don't have the resources to go out and run down every one of those complaints. And again, that's the problem with what happens when you put in in mandates, when you put in laws, but you don't give the health department or the sheriff's department or the police department, the resources to enforce those laws. Hey, speaking of that, um, going to be real interesting day around here tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, the Milwaukee County District Attorney is finally scheduled to announce charging decision or non-charging decision in the case involving a Joseph Mensa. He is the Wauwatosa police officer who was involved on February 2nd in shooting 17-year-old Alvin Cole. Cole was the young man who allegedly was in possession of a stolen handgun who fired on Officer Mensa. Officer Mensa returned fire, hit and killed Cole. This has been the subject of a number of ongoing protests. I think it, there's been like 60 or so protests as of a couple days ago. In any event, the district attorney is finally going to announce the results of charges. I, I, I don't have anybody in the, in the DA's office who's telling me about this, but I will tell you this. I don't think there is anybody in the community 
who believes that under the facts and circumstances of this case, there are going to be criminal charges issued. I, I'm just get get used to it. I think, you know, the police department has been very adamant from the beginning that they believe that this was a legitimate a shooting that was le- to a legitimate exercise of self-defense. I, I understand that there's, you know, a group of protesters who doesn't accept that and has issues with Officer Mensa, etc. I, I will say this. I will be stunned, stunned. If there are criminal charges that are, are that are issued by the district attorney's office, because unless there is something that n- hasn't been reported and that nobody knows and none of my law enforcement sources know that this is it, it's just it's going to be a clear cut case of a justifiable shooting. That's my opinion. I, I don't know what's going to happen after that. I do know that everybody's hoping that you know cool, cooler heads prevail. I, I do know that there are contingency plans in place to make sure that after this decision comes out, if it doesn't satisfy certain individuals or groups in the community or whatever, that there's a commitment to make sure that what happened in Kenosha does not happen in Wauwatosa, but you know that, that the plans can only go so far. So if the decision does, in fact, come down late tomorrow afternoon, and if it as, is, as most of us expect, that there aren't going to be criminal charges, hopefully... People will continue if they feel so compelled to exercise their right to, you know, protest decisions, but it will not get out of hand like happened in Kenosha. And my guess is authorities have learned something from the Kenosha experience. Time will tell, but that's uh, tomorrow afternoon. The district attorney's office is expected to meet with the family of the young man who was shot to formally tell them their decision. And immediately after that, my guess is that decision will become public. We will, of course, keep you posted. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Eric Bilstead, on a lighter note, now this, this pandemic is serious. Um, it, it's it's affecting TV shows and movie, movie theaters, matter of fact, just closing mm. all over, oh, over yeah. the country. But, okay, COVID-19. It's now claimed Glow. Have you ever watched Glow? G L O W. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I know of Glow. Glow. Okay, network. It's on Netflix. Glow stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, mm-hmm. and it's it's been it's been three years on on Netflix. And, and admittedly, it's it's kind of a dumb. It's based on like back in the the seventies or eighties or something when there was the the pro wrestling craze was really taking sure. off. You had these promoters who came up with this idea of let let's have let's have ladies wrestling and they created these characters and this this series is based loosely on on that. Okay. But it's one of these it, it's it's one of these sort of popcorn things where you you, you know it's you shouldn't like it and you feel kind of guilty watching it but it but it it kind of and it it's sort of dumb but it sucks you in. I have watched all 3 seasons oh, of Glow, the Glorious <laughs> Lady uh, 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 of the of wrestling, Glorious Ladies of Wrestling or whatever, Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling or Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. But so they they were scheduled to do a fourth season. And apparently the fourth season had started shooting in February. They got one episode. They do like eight or ten or whatever. And this was going to be the last one, tying up all those plot lines that have been Mm -hmm. going on for Mm -hmm. three years. So they they got one episode done, and then the pandemic hit, and they haven't been able to resume production. And they just announced yesterday that they were just – they were bailing because it's – 
it, it, the, the sets involved. There's a, there's a lot of sets involved. Sure. There's a lot right. of work involved. There's a, it's a big a chaos. People. A lot of people and interacting and stuff. And they've been shut down for nine months. And they just decided... We're, we're, we're just going to bag it. So they don't know if they'll ever show the one that they filmed. But for everybody out there who is waiting <laughs> with bated breath to see how that show would wrap up, it ain't going to happen. Wow. COVID-19 so, takes down the gorgeous ladies of wrestling or so whatever. So what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I now that I, I I might go back. Now you can just kind of like fashion your own. I, I try to think. It did kind of end in a cliffhanger and stuff, you know, mm. so... We'll, we'll just never know what happened to the lady wrestlers as they left Las Vegas or, or whatever it was. Well, maybe that's for the better because oftentimes <laughs> it's not as good as you hope it's going to be. Well, that's exactly right. They're disappointing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, right, we'll, we'll never figure out how that storyline turns out. But now COVID is serious. It's, it's canceling all these different <laughs> shows. I do feel really bad for these movie theaters. I mean, this. Oh, my gosh. You, I, you know, and it's not just. The fact that you know people are reluctant to go out and sit in, in these large groups and stuff. You have these theater owners who have huge capital investments. You know, because that, that was a thing years ago. Let's let's try to make it a great experience. Let's mm-hmm. retrofit mm-hmm. our theaters. Let's have the big expensive chairs. Yeah, chairs that, you know, yeah. all that type of stuff. Let's let's put in bars so people can have a beer while they watch it. That that whole experience. And then you know th- this hits. And so you've got this huge capital investments. People aren't going out. And now what's really, I think, driving some of the closures is the Hollywood studios aren't be- because they're having trouble, like Glow, coming out, finishing the movies, or they figure, well, why release a movie if people aren't ready to go out? You know, I asked Steve this question earlier. What what movie, it, it, it seems like you need to have a blockbuster in order to get anyone. So what would that be? Like, could you imagine if Star Wars hadn't come out yet? Because that final Star Wars movie, would that have done it? Yeah, uh, it Avengers, Harry Potter's. Harry yeah, Potter Harry movie. Potter, yeah, something that like last that, Avengers yeah. movie, would something of that ilk been able to bring a decent amount of coin in and maybe gotten people interested in that again? It, it, I believe it would have to be something enormous. Well, I mean, right, they're, they're wrestling. I mean, the, the, the I think the, the final nail in some theaters' coffins, at least temporarily, was the, the James Bond movie. And I, I don't right. think the James Bond is as big as, like, the Star Wars trilogy or whatever. But they're popular. Right, but James Bond, that got delayed till next spring. Um, Wonder Woman 1984, mm-hmm. which is the Wonder Woman sequel. Again, it's not Avengers, but that, that got kicked back uh marvel's black widow got kicked back i mean that that's the thing they they opened um what was the movie they opened christopher nolan's tenet and that yeah i yeah i I don't know if that was the right call i just i yes i'm i'm interested in christopher nolan as a director he's done some pretty remarkable things but you i think it needs to be more popcorn-y it has to be like Top Gun or something right. bigger well, than that. Well, right, that's it. You're right. You've got that new Top Gun sequel that's that's mm. scheduled to come out, but I think they've kicked that back. Yeah, so, they have. Yeah. Um, Christmas or not before. I mean, it's. I feel horrible for these movie theater operators, and and of course all the people that work there. And you just kind of wonder what the future of this is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, glow and the movie theaters, not good at all. All right, let's go where angels fear to tread. Oh, oh by the way, um, I, I know people don't want to hear this if you're a President Trump fan, and and people choose not to believe the polls, and I understand that. I'm just saying there's new polling out, and it's not good for for the president. I mean, it's like staggeringly bad, uh, and I just it's, it's almost tough to talk about. And, and the the real erosion has been with women. Of across all lines. I mean, President Trump is just losing vast support among women. Now, that's not to say that the polls are accurate. It's not to say that, you know, something can't happen in the next couple of weeks, but it, it has not, it, it's, 
it was going, it was trending down, and then the debate did not help at all, and then the the you know the the COVID situation with the president that that hasn't helped rebound it either. And I know people don't want to hear that, but that's the, the latest poll numbers, especially state by state. It's just it's dramatically bad right now. And again, you can choose not to believe polls, um, but it is what it is. All right, President Trump leaving the hospital yesterday. He sends out a tweet. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. He follows up that tweet with other tweets, including one that says, um, well, it's part of that first one. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. He then kind of double downs, doubles down on that and says, with another tweet today, many people every year, sometimes 100, over 100,000, and despite the vaccine, die from the flu. Are we going to close down our country? No. We have learned to live with it, just like we are learning to live with COVID in most populations far less, far less lethal. Right? That has elicited a huge response. People saying, okay, don't be afraid of COVID. Whatever your motives in saying that are, that's not a good response at this point in time. And yes, Mr. President, it's good that you're out of the hospital. It's good that you're getting healthier. But at the same time, you receive treatments and care for your case of COVID that the vast majority of Americans aren't going to be able to receive. And yes, we shouldn't live in fear for this. But, you know, there's lots of people dying every day. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I understand what the president was trying to say. I understand what the president was trying to accomplish. I don't think those tweets yesterday, though, were helpful. And while I understand the, the idea of, don't be afraid of COVID. I, I, I get it. I'm one of the guys that says we have to figure out how to live with COVID and we can't be huddling in our basements. I don't think yesterday the optics and the sentiment were appropriate for the situation. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should President Trump have sent those tweets, including the one today that once again compares COVID to the flu? What was, was it politically smart? Was it the right thing for a leader to do? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think if I were him, I would have stayed away from those matters. We discuss in just a moment. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We are excited to announce our contest winner for Rebuilding Wisconsin Business with Associated Bank. Businesses needed to write a 300-word essay that showcased how they embody being rooted in the Midwest, how they connect with the small business community, and how they support the local community. Congratulations to Black Husky Brewing Company in River West. They are the winner of our $50,000 advertising campaign. Head to RebuildingWIBusiness.com now to check out businesses who entered so we can all continue to support the local support local businesses and rebuild Wisconsin business together. Okay, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. President Trump making more news following his departure from the hospital. He sends out a tweet, don't be afraid of 
of COVID, live our lives. And then he sends out a subsequent treat, uh, tweet talking about how, um, you know, again, comparing, comparing COVID to the, the flu and saying, you know, we, we've learned to live with this and COVID in many populations is less lethal than the flu. Is that the message that the American public wanted to hear? And my answer is no. Lamar in Orlando. Lamar, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. This this is the grossly irresponsible leadership on this issue that I was that I've referenced many times, and it, it's just it's ridiculously irresponsible. He had a friend and a political ally, Herman Cain, that did the same thing, and I and I don't I hate to you know, I don't want to make fun of his love death. It's tragic and it's horrible, but Herman Cain did the same thing, making downplaying the seriousness of COVID, and he's gone as a result of this. And this is also why places like, you know, right there in Wisconsin, that you're having these surges. People aren't wearing masks. They're not taking it seriously because it can't happen to me until it happens to somebody. It's, this is grossly irresponsible. Yeah, and it's also, I guess, Lamar, it's also, it strikes me as just being dumb. I, I just don't think that that's the message that, that people want to hear right now. I mean, I think the message people want to hear is, look, COVID, COVID is a big deal. It's going to be with us. We need to be smart in figuring out how we go about living our, our lives. So, so social distance, stay out of the bars with 200 people, wear a mask when you're inside, do those things. And I think the people would respond. And I think that's the message that we, we want to hear, not being told, well, okay, this is no big deal because lots of people do think it's a big deal. Yeah, but this is what happens when you elect a, a man who, who, you know, argue left or right if you want to say he's great at business or not. But you elect someone that he, he has no – like there's no one that's going to tell him that you can't do it. He has to do no. it his way always, and he just doesn't listen. Yeah, and he, that's a huge red flag and a problem. Well, no, I, and I think – right. You know, I, I can't I, say this guy's good for the country. No, thanks, Nicole. Well, I, there, there are clearly, I think, a lot of people who probably discouraged him – from taking this particular tact, and you know, and it's kind of interesting because we were talking about this on the air, but but also off the air to, with friends of mine and all. You know, some people were saying, "Well, he's getting all these different kind of treatments and all that stuff." And, and my response, well, of course he is. He's the president of the United States. I would fully expect that the president of the United States would have access to the best medical care available, and that the president of the United States would be able to get fast track to have you know, and any sort of any sort of therapeutic drug that they think would help, yes, let, let's give it to him. And I understand that that means that the rest of us might not be able to get that under normal circumstances, but that's okay. He's the president of the United States. I don't have an issue with, with that. Oh, he's getting special treatment. Oh, who cares? He's the president of the United States. That's what happens when you're the president. Having said all that, though, I, I do think that there needs to be some sort of acknowledgement, perhaps, that... That I, you know, I, I did get this type of, of treatment, yes, and we're developing all these things, and my hope is that we can make this available to anybody who might contract COVID-19 so that, you know, their experience is, is no worse and hopefully a lot better than mine, and that's what we're working on. You know, I appreciate all the doctors. We want to get all these different therapies out there to as many people as possible, as soon as possible, and we want to encourage people not to get this in the first place. That's, I think, kind of the message that people want to hear as as opposed to, well, it's it's really no big deal because for a lot of people it it is a, a big deal. Let's talk to um, Mark in Kenosha. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Sure. 
You know, th- this whole situation strikes me as if Trump is just one of your buddies that is bragging on Facebook how last night he was so drunk and he drove home, but he made it home safe. So it's fine to do because, you know, he made it right. So that just means it's fine for everybody. That, that's the whole vibe I'm getting here is just the, the gross irresponsibility and dumb luck that, okay, yeah, you made it out all right, hopefully, possibly, but that doesn't mean everybody does. <laughs> right. Well, well, exactly. I mean, thanks. See, Mark, to me, this comes back to, I think, one of the president's fundamental problems in dealing with this in the beginning and, and, and maybe with other things as well. It's what I would describe as a fundamental lack of, of empathy. And, and look, I understand. I'm one of these guys who, who did not support the massive shutdowns and all the, the, the chaos it caused with, with, the, with businesses and all the unemployment and all those problems that are going on. I, I think we needed to be a lot more smart. I think we needed to be a lot more targeted. And candidly, if we had done, instead of just saying we're going to try to shut everything down, if we had targeted the areas where COVID was really likely to spread and stuff like that, I, I think we might have been in a better position than we are are now. All right, that that's just my my analysis of this could be wrong, but that's just kind of how I see it. But I, I, so I understand the sentiment about saying we we can't live in fear, we we can't just lock everything else up and and huddle in our our basements. But you can say that without minimizing this, because again, for what are the two hundred thousand people lost their lives in the, in in the U.S. You know, for people who know, and and even if you want to say those numbers are inflated, all right. Even if you want to say that, okay, let, let's say 150,000 or whatever, th- those those are significant numbers. And, and so, th- to me, the attitude that you have to take is, look, this is a big deal. We're going to try to figure out a way to get through this together. I'm working on developing these therapies. I want every single American to have access to all the sorts of treatments that I had. And that, that to me is the attitude about this. And we're going to all get in this, get through this together. And by the way, I don't want people panicking about this. You know, we have to continue to live our lives. But at the same time, it is a matter that, you know, we need to, to pay attention to. Um, Jeff, I think it's sad that the president, because of his stubbornness and inability to learn from recent experiences, always seems to miss perfect opportunities that arise for him to increase his support among people instead of alienating many other than his, you know, loyal followers. I think that this was an opportunity, uh, an opportunity that was lost. Jeff, the actual number of deaths are 211,000. Yeah, I said 200,000. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Jeff, the president had the chance to be presidential, be a good role model, and help people realize the disease is dangerous. Instead, he, he does nothing again. And now I fear, fear even more of his followers will not wear masks or will social distance. I, I do think it was a missed opportunity that, that was there. And, you know... Look, again, people are sending me texts and they want to debate the severity of COVID-19 and all that. I'm just saying that that ship has, has kind of sailed. And, and the truth is we're dealing with a pandemic. My concern is what do we do to get through this? How do we figure out a way to make sure that we, we don't shut down the country again? We don't destroy the economy. We don't put millions of more people out of work. And at the same time, we don't overwhelm the hospital system. We know the answer to that. The answer is we just got to be smart uh, about this. And the president yesterday, I think, conveyed half of that message 
but not the other half. He had the opportunity to do it, and it might have been maybe his last best opportunity to, I don't know, to try to win over some of that that sliver of voters out there who might still legitimately be undecided. Not sure he did it. Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff, I'm a 61-year-old retired woman. I am an independent who often leans Republican. I was undecided for a long time, but I had pretty much settled on Trump as my vote in the upcoming election. After this last week, um, the debate, the crazy COVID parade, and now the COVID comments and tweets, I think Mickey Mouse would be a better candidate. I need to have respect for my president. And look, I understand some people don't want to hear this, but I'm here to, to tell the truth. That's a sentiment that's being picked up in lots of polls. And I understand there's people who don't believe polls, but but the president's he has a problem with particularly with women, male voters more locked in. But there's a lot of the independent or Republican leaning voters like this texture all across the country who um, are and maybe they voted for Trump in in 2016. They if you believe the polls and uh, they're, they're starting to bail, that's that is an issue. And it's an issue that affects the down ballot races as well. I just I put it out there and I understand that's not the message that some people want to hear. But sometimes we got to understand it. And I guess I was a little bit frustrated yesterday because, again, I understand what the president is trying to say. And I am sympathetic to the notion that. We, we have to continue to figure out a way to live our lives, and we can't shut down the economy, and we can't put more millions of people out of work. But at the same time, we, we also have to recognize that we are in a pandemic, and we got to figure out a way to get through it because nobody wants to get sick. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> Lots of industries have been absolutely kneecapped by the, the, the pandemic. Lots of people have lost their jobs. Um, some people were laid off, and now those job cuts have been permanent. Permanent. L- lots of businesses have closed. Um, you know, I know I was talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about some restaurants that closed in March that haven't reopened yet. I, I hope I'm wrong, but m- my sense is, that if you know if you closed in March and you're not open by now, chances are you're probably not going to reopen. Now there might be some exceptions, but as a general rule, you, you've seen that. You've seen stores all over that that have closed, and you've seen people that have got have lost their jobs again through no fault of their own. It's not like they're bad employees. Everything is going fine. Their business is going great, and then all of a sudden, boom, COVID hits. One of the industries that has been especially hard hit has been the airline industry. Now, now why is that? Well, it's it's not because the planes are unsafe. It's not because the pilots have forgotten how to fly, fly the planes. It's because people aren't traveling as much anymore. As a matter of fact, you went through a month or two at the start of this where, where nobody was traveling at, at all, or almost nobody was traveling. Businesses have gone in... There, there are some exceptions, but businesses that used to have people on the road all the time, the vast majority of those businesses have stopped doing that. So business travel and business travel is just gone. So that niche of has just disappeared. As far as leisure travel, well, that that's pretty much dried up as well. I mean, as we've talked about before. 
you know, maybe you wanted to, to take a trip and you were scheduled to fly somewhere, but all the businesses, you, you were going to go, Key West is my happy place. People know that. So, but, but Key West was closed down for months and months. If you had a trip to Key West, you, you weren't going. I understand Vegas is reopened, but it's with an asterisk. It's a much different experience. Lots of people who were scheduled to go to Las Vegas decided that they're not going to go. Disneyland has been closed since March. If you'd been planning to go to California to Disneyland, you're not going there. It, it goes on and on and on. Air travel this year, what are my numbers? Um, air travel is down nearly 70% from a year ago. 70%. And, of course, airlines, we, we need airlines. You, you need air travel. You need to be able to go places because at some point in time, we're going to we're going to want to do that. We're going to get the vaccine. We're going to get past this. Businesses are going to open up, and we're going to want to get back to some sense of of normalcy. I don't think business travel is ever going to be what it was. I think that that's kind of changed forever. But you know, we, we want to have airlines. We don't want the airlines going belly up. We want to have the different options to fly and things like that. But the truth is, airlines are losing B as in billions of dollars every quarter. And there's, while the while the numbers are up slightly, it's only slightly. I mean, it's just the industry has just been absolutely devastated. And so what's ended up happening is a number of the, the big airlines, United, American, Delta, what they've been doing is they've been doing like, like layoffs. I mean, massive, massive employee layoffs. United cut a deal with its pilots recently, uh, so the pilots aren't going to lose their jobs. But at the same time, the number of flights are down, the number of employees are down dramatically, which brings us to an airline that I like a lot and fly a lot, which is Southwest Airlines. So here's the deal. Southwest says that they are, just to stay in operation, they are burning about $17 million a day. They say they lost $915 million in the second quarter of, of this year and borrowed billions of dollars while cutting back on, on their cash. And so what, what Southwest is trying to do is we want to keep flying. We want to get through this. You know, we're we're looking for hopefully a better 2021 and then maybe a better 2022, but it's really bleak right now. Southwest says we're not in danger of going under right now. You know, we, we can we can continue to get by for the next year or so, but it's a really, really ugly situation. And that's you, you got to believe them. So what Southwest is doing is Southwest says, look, here here is the deal. We want we don't want to have to lay off more people. We want to keep people working. But what we need you to do is, if you want to keep working, we need you to agree to take less money. The The, the chairman of, the, the, of Southwest, he says he's not going to take a salary through the end of next year, 2021. He says some executives, they're going to take a 20% pay cut. He says that other non-union employees are going to have their pay reduced by 10%. So if you're a non-union employee, we're going to cut your pay by 10%. Some of the top people get their pay cut by 20% for, you know, for the duration. And then most of the employees there are union. So they've gone to the union and they've said, look, we want you 
to take to agree to a cut in pay as well, commensurate with what we're asking the non-union employees to do. And what we'll do is you give us the cut in pay and we can avoid laying off people. We can avoid furloughing people. But yes, you're, you're going to be doing your job. You're probably going to be doing more. And at least for a while, you're going to be doing more and you're going to get paid less. But the difference is, you know, we're not going to have to cut jobs at this point in time. Don't know what it's going to be nine months from now, but at least right now, you, you give us these pay cuts. We can avoid the furloughs. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The union's initial response was, we don't want to take less money, and, and we think you should find that money somewhere else to keep the everybody employed. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Would you be willing, in order to avoid losing your job or maybe having one of your coworkers or two of your coworkers lose their job, would you be willing to, at least for a while, take less money? I think this is an absolute and total no-brainer. I, I, I just I do. And if you're working in an industry that has been as decimated as, say, the airline industry has, I think it is the height of selfishness and irresponsibility to say, nope, we're not going to take less money. You figure out some other way to do it. That's almost like signing your job's death warrant. 855-616-1620. But if you were presented with that choice, 10%, 15%, maybe 20% less pay, but you keep your job and your coworkers keep theirs, what are you going to do? Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Matt in Oak Creek. Matt, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What do you think about all this? Would you take less money in order to keep working? I, I think I think it, it's a slippery slope. I think it would be a good idea to try to keep people employed and keep their you know, keep them at their jobs. But at the same time, in the long term, what's going to happen when when COVID is over or it's more manageable or under control? It's not like these employers or this particular employer is going to come to these people and say, hey, you know, everything's kind of died down. We're going to take those responsibilities that we had you doing back. I mean, once it's proven to them that you can squeeze more out of people with less, it's going to become the expectation and those responsibilities are never going to be taken away from these people, and it's going to become the norm. And it's you know far less likely that they'll be compensated for it down the line, or you know get a significant pay increase the following year because they're doing this. All it's showing to these employers is that this should have been part of the job the whole time. We can get people in here that can do all this stuff with even less pay, and. That's just how it's going to be. And there will be no, you know, it will be a thankless sacrifice, essentially. What's the, what is the alternative, though, to that? If the alternative is you you lose your job? I mean, to be honest, in in this type of economy with with what's going on, I would accept it um, at the time and take on more responsibility just to keep my job and to keep everyone else employed. There would have to be something factored in there. You know, I would imagine since this is a union, something is part of the contract where this this sacrifice would essentially be revisited down the line. Yeah, and I and I think I think look, I think that's that's fair. If for this is not unique, many employers 
are, are doing precisely this. They're, they're going to, to people and they're saying, look, we, we don't want to lay off people, but what we need to do in order to keep, to avoid furloughs or whatever, we, we need, we need, we want to keep you working, but you know, we're going to have to, you're going to have to agree to a pay cut or whatever. Now, if you're an at will employee, you don't have that leverage. If you're a contract employee, maybe you do. But to me, I, I guess again, I, I look at this, it's a no brainer. If you work for a decent company, what they're going to do is they're going to recognize, especially if they build these as, as temporary reductions, what they're going to do is as, as things start to get better, they're I think they have a, an ethical and a moral commitment to try to return that money to you. At the same time, if if you don't feel that they're treating you properly and you feel that, hey, you're being taken advantage of, of well, again, if the grass is greener, then, then what you say is, okay, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. But I think in the short term, especially given what we're going through now, to me, again, it, it's a no-brainer. Nobody likes to take a 10 or a 20% cut in, in pay. Nobody likes to do that. But if the alternative is your job disappears or your, your teammates or your coworkers' job disappears, I, that's a tough thing to sign up for unless – uh, unless you've got another really good job in your back pocket, in which case, well, well, then maybe you'd go to that job. John in Waukesha. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, my brother's uh, he's a pilot for United, and they just they just had their vote the other day, and they voted to take the uh, 20% pay cut to right. keep everybody on. Right. And... Uh, he said he he didn't want to, oh. you know. <laughs> Nobody but, does. But no. he did it for, no, right, right. But but he did it for the best of the, you know, of the company and the and the employees, because like the guy who was saying before, they might keep keep this up because they find out they can operate like that. Well, that's not doesn't really hold water because once it gets back to normal, they're going to have so many more people on these flights that they're going to need the people back. They're not going to be able to work with right low. Well, 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 right. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's not like this is one where the, the company is, is lying to the employees. You know, anybody can see right. what's going on. Air, air travel down 70%, flights being canceled, you know, planes right. sitting idled in the desert, you know, in Nevada. It's just, I, I and I, to me, it, it, it's, it's smart and, and hopefully, Hopefully you're, you know, hopefully United will end up doing the right thing by its employees and hopefully the other employers will as well. And That's yeah. No, hey, thanks that's for calling. Yeah, no, right. No, thanks for calling. No, I mean that's that's it. Um, Jeff, my son-in-law's company cut Fridays for all. That was a twenty percent pay cut. Fridays have now been reinstated. Jeff, we took a ten percent cut in the eighties, and it took ten years to get it back. Hopefully, they'll get it back when everything is back to normal. Well, yeah, and the, the problem is. You know, it's going to be a while before, you know, everything is back to normal in the, in the airline industry. Um, Jeff, look at Mercury and Fond du Lac. They took pay cuts years ago. Now they're still building motors. Um, you know, other companies up there no longer do it. I mean, look, I get it. Nobody likes to take the, the pay cuts. Believe me, I, I understand that. But as one of my texters says, if you do, do that, you know, at least you're still, you're going to have a job or alternatively, you know, you're going to have a job, or even if you still had a job, but you know, the, the guy that works next to you, you know, has, has lost his job. Okay, you're, you're not going to. It's not you, but you're not going to feel good about that. I, I guess there there is kind of a we're all in this together thing that's going on now. Now, interestingly, American and United, not the pilots, but American and United took the alternate thing. They said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to. um 
We're cutting workers. They have furloughed 32,000 workers over the course of the last couple of weeks. It's 32,000 people without jobs. Now, there's still people that are there. I mean, you, you can still fly on American. You can still fly on, on United. But, you know, and, and the people that are still working, they didn't take a cut in pay. But there's a lot fewer of them out there. I guess I, I, I think this is one where you – you you have to you have to do it you know you have to you have to recognize that this is an unusual time and we want to work with it one of my texters says also keep in mind you know you're you're going to still have your health insurance as long as you have you know have the job jeff this approach worked very well in the financial crisis of 2008 employers know staff will quit if they fail to keep their promise um yeah jeff my large insurance company um activated a mandatory 20 percent pay cut for four months we are now back to full pay and I, i think that's what you know people think that's what people appreciate and we're willing to help our employers. We're willing to help our coworkers. We want to keep people's jobs in place, and we recognize—I think most people should recognize—that this is just an unusual. It's an unusual time. It really—I mean, this pandemic just hit these companies. It's not like these airlines are mismanaged. And, and candidly, I—I I, like I say I love Southwest Airlines. So I. Southwest is my airline of choice. When I am flying places, the first company that I go to is, hey, is Southwest flying where I want to go? And I, I know it's it's tough for them. I have no doubt about that. So, I mean, I want Southwest to be viable for the foreseeable future. And if they can keep their employees working with what I would say is a modest cut in pay, and again, I, I, I understand that nobody wants to take less money, but isn't it better than being on unemployment? Isn't it better than saying, okay, you're going to get three, four hundred bucks a, a month, a, a week, and then figure out what to do? And by the way, your job might be gone permanently. Isn't it better to keep your jobs there? My guess is that if you ask that question to a lot of people who didn't have that choice, who just got furloughed, laid off, jobs gone, period, if you would have asked them, gee, would you rather continue working at 80% of salary or be where you are now, the vast majority of people would have said, you know, given that choice, I'm really glad to have 80% of salary. All right, when we come back, Tony Evers tries to take on COVID-19 again. It's an interesting set of orders probably illegal but is it the right thing to do i will explain we will discuss live from the annex wealth management studios at historic radio city this is the jeff wagner show and now wtmj's jeff wagner 2020 has been a year of incredible uncertainty what can we possibly expect in the year ahead we explore that question in a day-long forum designed to tackle the biggest issues that face us the topics that matter most to you tune in next tuesday a week from today from 9 to 6 for WTMJ 2021. The biggest stories with the biggest guests in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and beyond. WTMJ 2021 on Wisconsin's radio station, Tuesday, October 13th. The breaking news story. You might have thought two years ago that you elected a governor. You did not. You elected a tyrant. You elected a dictator. You elected a czar. You elected a man who does not believe that the laws of the state of Wisconsin apply to him that he gets to rule regardless of what the Supreme Court says and that people must do what he says because he knows better for us. Right or wrong, 
he is wrong in this regard. Um, let me just, if you just, here's the, the story. The breaking news story is the governor, despite the Supreme Court ruling several months ago that he did not have the authority to unilaterally close down the state, the governor has essentially pretty much done that uh, again. He has just issued an order again piggybacking on his continuing emergency orders to limit indoor gatherings, including bars and restaurants. Uh, He has ordered that businesses, starting Thursday, are only allowed to operate at 25% of capacity, 25% of their capacity. What this means is that uh, public gatherings can be limited to no more than 25% of a room or a building's total occupancy. It applies to gatherings at locations that are open to the public, including bars, restaurants, stores, and spaces with ticketed events. Bars, restaurants, stores can only operate at 25% capacity. So all you restaurants in Milwaukee that, that went through all those hoops and came up with all the health plans to figure out how to open at full capacity and got approved by your health apartment, Tony Evers has just pulled the rug out from under you. The order does not apply to child care centers, schools, health care facilities, public infrastructures, public infrastructure structures like airports and food production facilities, state and local government facilities, offices, polling locations, churches. It does not apply to private residences. So if you run a bar in Madison, you are limited to 25% capacity. But if 200 people decide that they want to go and have a house party. The order does not apply to them. It does not apply to manufacturing plants. It does not apply to facilities accessible only to employees or authorized personnel. Let me share with you a couple of the texts that came in right away. Jeff, did Tony Evers just bring restaurant capacity back down to 25%? Is he trying to ruin us? I am a server. I am just getting caught up and looking forward to a busy season. Can you report on this? So if you're asking me the question, is he trying to ruin you? The answer is, I, I don't know. He, he is he is going to ruin you. That That's the effect. Uh, Jeff, the new mandate only affects place, pieces of the economy. Let's shut that down. I think this is strictly a political move and nothing else. Um, Jeff, how will this be enforced? Just like everyone must wear a mask. Well, I don't know. That That's the kind of the, the situation. Um, let's see. Jeff, I cannot believe he is doing this again, nor that anyone has not yet successfully stopped Evers from running Wisconsin like a dictatorship. Right, or I, I would say like a third world country or a banana republic. Have enough bars and restaurants not shut their doors and lost their sole source of income for many low-wage earners for him? Does he not realize we're no longer giving people $600 a week, right? This man needs to realize he is not speaking for all of us and trust the people of Wisconsin to deal with these outbreaks. Florida, meanwhile, is wide open like nothing ever happened. Jeff, now can we get the recall moving faster? 
Um, Jeff, does this apply to protesters? No, it, it doesn't apply to, to protesters unless the protesters want to try to go into a bar afterwards. Jeff, what about our wedding this weekend? Jeff, what about our wedding this weekend? If it is inside and it is more than 25% of capacity, my initial off the top of head, my head response is, you, you're screwed. <laughs> I, I, you know, now that you're mentioning this, um, my, I haven't mentioned this on the radio. I'm, I'm not going to be here on Friday because I'm, I'm attending a funeral. Uh, one of my wife's oldest and dearest friends who fought a very courageous battle against cancer for a number of years. She passed away. Um, she passed away a few days ago. Her visitation is scheduled for tomorrow. Visitation is scheduled for tomorrow, I think, for Thursday, after this order goes into effect. I don't know. I I don't know because I don't know how many people were going to be coming out to this. But that's you got a wedding or a funeral planned um, after Tyrant Tony has issued this order. I don't know how that's going to affect this at all. Um, Let's see. Jeff, um, will there be capacity limits if there are disturbances in Wauwatosa tomorrow? I, I don't know. Don't know about this. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, the, the texts go on and on. Um, Jeff, you can expect these kind of unreasonable and devastating orders if Biden is elected. I think that he has said so. Jeff, I signed the recall against Tony Evers. Well, maybe more people are going to be motivated after this. So how far down do you reckon that uh, Governor Evers has dug his political grave? I, I don't know. But here's the bottom line of all this. First of all, in my opinion, this is grossly illegal. He doesn't have the authority to do it, and I believe he knows he doesn't have the authority to do it, and he doesn't care. He's just he's inviting a lawsuit. But secondly, let us be honest about what this is doing. He is signing the death warrant for various businesses, particularly bars and restaurants. Journal Sentinel, in the piece they have on this, interviews a guy who's a who operates three Milwaukee restaurants. Now, keep in mind, Milwaukee has had very, very strict requirements, and you've had to have plans to reopen. Um, he says this is the dagger for the, the restaurant industry. He said bars and restaurants need support. He said you, you cannot operate. You cannot stay in business if you're limited to 25% capacity, period. Uh, and I think there's probably a lot to that, especially this order is especially damaging and especially hurtful, given that it's coming at a time when indoor dining is ending. You know, at least at least up until recently, you know, you, you were able to eat outside on patios and maybe we'll get an extra week or two about that. Tony Evers has single handedly in what I believe is an illegal move. He has decided he is killing large chunks of the economy, including the bar and restaurant business. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. There are a number of other things that he could have done that would have probably, in my opinion, been legal and also would not have been as devastating. In Europe, for example, one of the things that they're doing is experimenting with earlier closing hours and things of the like. But that's not what Evers did. He once again took his sledgehammer to the business community of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Bill in Oconomowoc. Hi, Bill. 
I have to say, great uh, topic. I applaud you for at least trying to find some middle ground, and that today is kind of something that we're running in short supply. So I applaud you for that. But what I don't like or can believe, you referred to him as a dictator. Scott yep. Walker broke more laws no. than Tony Evers ever will. Nope. And the number one was he learned how to campaign on the tax there. No, Tony Evers, I, when I say, look, Tony Evers, look, you can go back, you can talk about, you can revisit the Walker years. Tony Evers, what he is doing, in my opinion, and what he has been doing, and I understand you can look, his heart is pure. He, his, his heart is pure. I think the mask mandate is clearly illegal. He knows that he doesn't care. But you can say, well, okay, we, we think people should have the mask mandate, so we're going to do it. The Supreme Court has already said that this safer at home thing was illegal. So he's back. He's repackaged this. He's trying to sell it again. And I'm sorry. I, I think this is clearly illegal. I think he's going to lose in the court system. But moreover, Moreover, this approach of here, I'm going to decide that I'm going to close down businesses. I'm going to destroy the economy. I'm going to pick winners and losers. I I think that is unacceptable. And what are we going to do? All those servers are out there. All those stores that are out there that are now not going to be able to operate on 25% capacity for the next couple months if somebody doesn't rein in Tony Evers, what, what are we going to do? How are those people going to survive? Now again, I, I think, I think there's things you could look at. I think you could say, all right, we're going to start vigorously enforcing, uh, you know, limits. You, we, we don't want you, if you've got 200 people in a bar that seats 100, you know, we're bringing in the health people. Actually, in the city of Milwaukee, with the different guidelines that they've put in, you're not seeing some of the spikes. But Evers has pulled the rug out from under all that. 855-616-1620, capacity, which will kill bars it will kill restaurants it will damage lots and lots of stores i think the impact of that is is out and i'm not sure candidly it's going to make one whit of difference what do you think jeff wagner on wtmj 855-616-1620 if you're just tuning in governor evers has essentially revived his safer at home order um, with some modifications, the Safer at Home order that was ruled illegal several months ago, he is ordering that stores, restaurants, and bars be limited to 25% indoor capacity. Uh, the, the ruling doesn't affect schools. So, you know, it doesn't affect private residences, so it doesn't limit parties and things like that. It's pretty much designed to, I think, affect bars and restaurants in particular, stores to a lesser extent. But it essentially says, okay, we're now in a situation where we're going to be closing you down. Also, I would be curious as to know how many cases of COVID, for example, are, are transmitted or you can um, that you can link back to, you know, people going to, I don't know, the, the jewelry stores or people going to, uh, again, the grocery stores or things like that. Jeff, I think the governor's directive should be pushed down to the county, city, town, village level and regulated by the number of cases in the local community. This should be a local government decision on how to control, restrict and protect the general public from COVID-19. Your thoughts? My thoughts are exactly the same. I think you got it right in one. This is, look, the problems are different in different parts of the the 
communities. So right now you've got an outbreak in Brown County, for example. Maybe that means you, you've got to look at doing some limitations through Brown County. Maybe it means you're going to, like, um, I don't know, close the bars at 10 o'clock or something. But Tony Evers doesn't care about that. It's the one-size-fits-all thing. He doesn't care if it's legal or not. He's just... He's got his idea of this is what we're going to do, and if it destroys your business. I'm getting a number of messages from uh, people who work in the hospitality industry, um, and, and the phrase is, they're panicked. Um, you know, they're, they're panicked about this, and, and yeah, I, I understand you know where you're, why you might be that. Jeff, I live in uh, the hot spot of Marinette County. Ninety-nine percent of people wear masks. Fifty cases here before July fourth. It was spread here. I doubt if people are going to stand outside to go grocery shopping or small town bars are going to cut to twenty-five percent capacity. This is the new hot area. It needs to go through the population, so it will cool down. Um, I don't know. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Nine. I have teenage girls, and we like to go shopping on occasion. But standing in the line outside a store when there's only three people in there is really frustrating. People are just going to say, "Forget it," especially with the Christmas season coming. I dread the sight of more stores closing. Closing. Evers clearly has issues with bars and restaurants existing. Well, I think there is an element of that. Chuck in New London. Chuck, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, good afternoon. Hi, Chuck. Uh, my deal is maybe, maybe this is getting to the point where he's trying to get the uh, Republican leadership to engage in some of the uh, rulemaking rather than just sitting back and waiting for the election to be over. Well, I, I guess, you know, maybe. Um, but, I mean, I think he's I, – I, I see, I'm not sure. I guess the legislature could come in – I'm not sure if they could roll back this order because he's saying he's saying he has emergency authority to do this regardless of what the legislature does, I believe. But, you know, so your point is... Didn't that judge just say that? The, the judge over, uh, didn't he just say that the legislature has that power? Well, but that's on the... That's on the well, but that's on... And thanks, I mean, there's a number of different cases that, that are out there. The, the legit... Right. The law gives Evers emergency power for 60 days. After that, it's the legislature that needs to act. That's all the mask mandate litigation. What, and, and this is breaking news. My understanding is he is saying he can close down bars. He can, cl- and again, I understand 25% capacity, but effectively, you know, how, how can you make a living if you're a restaurant operating on 25% capacity? And the answer is you, you can't. So, you know, closing them down, He's saying he's got separate authority under a different provision of law, so the court's order they didn't have the authority before doesn't apply. Now, could the legislature change that? Don't, don't know. But I guess that the bigger point here is we, we once again have a governor who's decided, at least in my opinion, what the law is doesn't matter to him and that he doesn't care about what this is going to do to businesses, and he doesn't care about local control to the extent that, hey, maybe these different rules and requirements and, and health guidelines and hoops that they've made, for example, restaurant and bar owners jump through in Milwaukee, for example, we don't care if those are working or not, and we don't care if they're just starting to get reopened. I'm going to do this one-size-fits-all state rule, which may or may not work. This is Jeff Wagner.